If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. What's going on, Don't Go Out There fans? Me and Dustin decided to do a quick instant reaction. We both just (coughs) recently... Went to go see the newly released The Nun 2. Uh, we might jump into a little bit of spoilers, but honestly, there's really not a lot to spoil. In, in my opinion, I mean, it's a, it's a just another conjuring insert to the universe, in, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll, we'll uh, share our basic thoughts in just a few moments. Uh, Dustin, just give, me your, just give your general thoughts to the audience. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's there's not really much to spoil because you kind of know what to expect. I mean, there there are a couple of moments to me where I was like, "Oh shit, is this going to turn out how I think it will?" And it did. But um, to me, my biggest takeaway from this movie was number one, I went into it with very low expectations because I did not care for the first one. Um, I just thought the the nun was a such an unnecessary movie uh, in the franchise or in the universe, the uh, Conjuring universe, and so. It was. I was disappointed with that movie, um, but I walked away from this one pleased. Like I thought, this movie it exceeded any expect. Even if I went into this movie thinking, okay, this is going to be pretty decent because the trailers did a, like did a good job of making it look interesting. And so, if I just took it at that value and it's like, okay, this could be good, I still would have had my expectations exceeded because I thought it was a it was a fine movie, a very fine movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I I went into the movie kind of with weird expectations, really, because I, you know, we we ranked what the Conjuring universe last year mm-hmm. in our thirty one. None was kind of like middle of the pack and nothing too special. And I agree with you, Dustin. Just really kind of unnecessary. Even though I do love Bonnie Aarons, who plays the nun, and Taisa Farmiga, she's awesome. She's a yeah. great actress. This one I kind of went into with weird expectations. I didn't have high expectations because, like you said, not a big fan of the first one. But there's in recent memory, there's been a lot of sequels that have been better, like Ouija Origin of Evil is way better than the first Ouija or Annabelle Creation. Even though I like the first Annabelle, Annabelle Creation was a lot better than the first one. So I kind of had hope. Uh, But, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was a fine movie as well. Nothing mind blowing, but really just really well acted and really well made. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, you mentioned Taysa Farmiga. I mean, she's so good. I've given her praise in the show before. Like, she does such a good job of selling her emotions with her facial expressions. Like, you feel what she's trying to portray. 
And a lot of actors that are damn fine actors, they can't do that. Like, you genuinely feel what she's feeling when she's on the screen. I, I can't give her enough props for that. I thought the uh, chemistry between uh, Caitlin Rose Downey and Jonas, I hope I say this right, Bloquette, uh, the guy that played Maurice and the little girl that played Sophie, I thought their chemistry was fantastic in the movie. Like, it was believable. And something that that I was a huge fan of in this movie was I feel like the – I don't know how else to say it other than to say the uh, intense and frightening imagery was amplified. Like there was a lot more tense moments and oh shit, like not necessarily jump scares, but just like some scary shit for lack of better terms on your screen for more of this movie than, than definitely I feel like we got in the first movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hell, I rewatched the first none the night before we went and saw the second one and I can still barely remember the first one just because it's so unforgettable yeah. really. It's like, and it's yeah. kind of, it just doesn't keep like it doesn't suck your attention in like it's really easy to just like look at your phone the whole time for that movie. <laughs> yeah, I would agree and, with uh, that. The nun too, man. Let's just jump into our positives. I think we've kind of touched on them. Taisa, obviously, Bonnie, Aaron's. Uh, I will touch on the actual nun in a few minutes. I wish she was on screen a little more. I mean, the movie's called <laughs> The Nun and The mm-hmm. Nun Two, but she's not really in the movie that much. But I've read that there's been some like contract or issues with her like she's actually sued for to get paid money i haven't done enough research on that but i've read where she's kind of gotten into it with uh wb about getting paid for like merchandise sales and all that so that might have been a part of it who knows uh i will do more research on that whenever we review these movies going into the future uh the magazine scene i thought was awesome i thought Mm -hmm. that was really good the goat scene with the light going through the eye i thought that was really good as well um, really good atmosphere. And like you mentioned, Jonas, the guy who played, uh, I don't want to butcher his last name either. The guy who played Maurice. I think, I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, I can't really think of any conjuring universe movies where the acting is bad or, the, or where it looks like a, it's a really good looking movie. You can dislike them. Like maybe like an Annabelle comes home, but you can't say the acting is bad. It's just, just kind of a man movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. What are some of your positives? Well, you mentioned two that were great. The magazines, like when that started happening, I didn't know where they were going with it. I thought the magazines were going to, you know, there was going to be a jump scare or something. But the magazines all coming together, and and this is a semi-spoiler, but it doesn't take anything away from the movie. The magazine pages, uh, you know, all opening and forming one big image while they're on the rack at the uh, magazine's newsstand. That was awesome. And um, the goat, the eye of the goat thing was cool, especially when... You know, it, it's it's not a focal point of the scene, but there's a flash to it, and you notice the goat is gone off the off the stained glass, and mm-hmm. then the goat is you know in the building. Like that was fantastic. That was awesome, and I thought that the uh, the look of the goat was good. I mean, that it made it made me uneasy looking at it, um, just because you know the the Baphomet and all all the imagery with the Satan and the goat and stuff. I thought they did a good job of making that look like something that I didn't want to see for very long. Um, the acting was great. I think you mentioned there's not really bad acting in this universe. I, I think it's more than just acting. It's just, it's casting in general. Mm-hmm. Like, even the people that don't have much screen time or don't have many lines. I think that everything is casted perfectly um, for, for this movie in particular. I mean, there might be one or two instances in the rest of the, franchise or the rest of the universe i'm not thinking of but this movie i think is casted perfectly those little girls 
what assholes, man. And like, I truly believe that those <laughs> girls are little shits in real life because of it. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good casting. So yeah, I think they got a lot of things right in this movie. Good child acting. Something we've touched on a lot in the past. Yep. It can really be hit or miss, ruin a movie, make a movie. Two more uh, pros I'll touch on for sure is I'm glad there were some kills in the movie. You know, a lot of conjuring universe movies. You don't really think of the kills. There were some good kills, good setups to the kills. I really appreciated that. And at the end of the movie, I don't know if you felt this way or not, but I was kind of like, oh shit, are they going to, are they going to kill Thais off? I, I like, thought that oh. too. I was like, oh, I was like, I kind of, I don't wish they did, but I like the fact that they teased it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was a really cool scene. And I really liked the ending in general because, you know, you got Thais versus, uh, the nun. Yeah. But man, when she, when she lit on fire, I was like, oh man, this is, this might be good. Same, and I'll add to that um, one of my positives. I love the 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 symbolism and and how the movie ended with the wine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the wine becoming the blood of Christ, and that being what. Well, I guess this is a spoiler, but that being what eradicates the nun and sends the demon back. That was awesome. That was brilliant. Like it, it didn't. A lot of times, if movies would have done that, I would have felt like, ah, oh, that's a shortcut. But the fact that this movie takes place in an abandoned monastery that was turned into, a, you know, a winery or whatever, and now it's a boarding school, and then we we end up there, it just felt organic. It didn't feel forced. It felt natural for all this wine to be there, and then they blessed it. That was cool. And then, yeah, you mentioned the kills, the opening kill. Holy shit, man, that was awesome. I mean, uh, R.I.P. to that priest uh that's not what i meant that wasn't awesome but just the way that he the way they did it it looked cool it was uh it was very well done trying to find the the other actress's name who was the storm reed that played deborah was that the other nun who was with taisa mm-hmm. okay yeah. well because she looks a lot more grown up in her imdb picture and then in that she movie does, so i she. apologize <laughs> <laughs> but storm reed uh, i really liked you know like you were talking about with the wine and I really like that it basically called back to her conversation with Storm, uh, yep. Deborah on the, so on the train, you know, talking about how, you know, talking about the, the wine and becoming the blood of Christ. And there's going to be a time where we need your faith. And at the end, when they prayed, I really, I really like how they, they tied that, that knot together. Yeah. When she's talking about, you know, it's our faith that makes it true that makes mm-hmm. it a miracle. And, you know, that, and that being what saved them, that was a cool tie back. Also, I'm glad you brought up her. Uh, Storm Reed. I thought that the character of Deborah added a nice touch of, I wouldn't say comedy, but she definitely brought more of a, a lighthearted feel to some some situations that definitely needed it. And so I thought yeah. that was great, great uh, writing as well. Yeah, because she had no idea what shit show she was getting involved in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if she regrets going at, at that <laughs> point. But no, she did bring like a like you mentioned a little bit of comedy relief. You know, just some lightheartedness because. Taisa, you know, she's seen some things, man. So, yeah. uh, little Deborah, she, that reminds me of the, of little the, Debbie. You almost called her little Debbie. <laughs> no, I was thinking of the, the old COVID joke, you know, from little Debbie to big Deborah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, she, she did bring, you know, just a lightheartedness. And I appreciated that. Any yeah. more pros? We're just jumping to some cons. Cause I definitely do have some cons as well. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we covered a good amount of pros. Cons for sure. The runtime, little. It's the movie's a little too long. Let's be honest. Okay. I feel like the first thirty minutes kind of go by a little slow. Maybe you could have cut it up a little bit. Maybe you could have kept the pacing up a little better. Just a little slow for me. Uh, 
Not Enough Nun. You know, the movie is called The Nun, both of them. And you don't see Bonnie Aarons that much in it. I mean, she's, I know she's, the nun is taking on other roles and these people's fears and all that. I get that. But Bonnie Aarons is the nun. Like, that's what I love about The Conjuring, too. You get really, really good visuals. And I, another a pro, I guess you could say, is the callback to the hallway scene from The Conjuring, too. I really like that. But I really wish we would have got more of those kind of scenes in this one where, you know, it's the actual nun that we got to see because I feel like she deserved more screen time. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, is this really a gripe? Uh, you can answer this or the audience when we post about it. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Conjuring Universe movies are kind of, they're really predictable. You know what's going to happen. Uh, you know you're watching a movie just to enjoy it, really, because you know at the end, they're they're not going to fucking die. Yeah. And you know that Thais is, that's what I really liked about her getting set on fire. I was like, oh, shit, are, they, are they about to do it? Are they about to kill her off? Yeah. But, you know, it, it's all happy-go-lucky. They're going to win in the end. That's is fair. that really a con at this point? I mean, there's like, I don't know. I, I can't remember. There's what, nine or 10 Conjuring Universe movies at this point. They're all pretty much the same. So that's kind of, that kind of is a little bit of a con to me. It, you know, it's going to finish up in a happy go lucky way. Yeah. I mean, predictability is definitely, I would say it's definitely a con uh, when you do it so many times. Like, it would be nice to break it up. Now, I'm glad they didn't kill Thaisa's character. I'm glad Irene survived because she's wonderful. But uh, I agree. And. <laughs> That's I, I too appreciated when she got set on fire. That's what I meant in the open when I said there's certain moments where you're like, oh shit, is this going to turn out how I think it will? And it did. But um, you know, it's kind of like it's it's very the universe is very formulaic at this point. It's like so we get a feel good moment or get caught up in the beginning. Some sketchy shit happens, and all of our people survive. So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean. This, all of these stories are like just, you know, vaguely based on true events and all that. I think it would have been really powerful if you did kill off Thais at the end. Cause you know, Maurice, you know, he's referenced in the first Conjuring movie when Ed and Lorraine are teaching in the classroom that he got possessed by a demon and all that good stuff. How powerful would it have been though if Deborah, like Thais did get killed off, then Deborah's, that's when Deborah's faith kicked in. And it wasn't like Sister Irene telling her to, you know, let's pray. I, I think that would have been really cool. There would have been stakes. It would have, uh, you know, it would just had. There would have been some reasoning at the end. So not I that I want, those... not that I want Taisa killed off. She's a great character. She's a great actress, but it it pulls she's your heartstrings and she's just great. In, she's just great, great in general. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I get what you're saying, but I can see both sides of it because, in a you know a logical standpoint, 
if you're in this situation and then Sister Irene dies, I could see that turning Deborah off, someone who's on the fence about their faith to begin with. Then that could turn her to how could you let this happen? If there's really a God, how can you let and she just lose faith completely? So I can see both sides of the coin as far as writing it in that direction goes. But I definitely appreciate what you're saying about, you know, it would have been powerful to have her die because number one breaks up the monotony of, or the predictability of what we're getting. And number two, it could have really thrusted Deborah into more of a, uh, important role. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It's not like I'm just hoping right. sister Irene gets killed off, but man, that would have been a really powerful ending. You kill her off and Deborah has a new faith. She really, you know, goes all in with being the nun, being, you know, a nun with uh, the other nuns and all that. I don't really know all the terminology for that. I'm not Catholic, but you know what I'm saying? Like she really yeah. embraces the faith and like goes back to where she came from and tells the her convent. story and all that. I, I think that would have been really powerful, but I mean, I'm not yeah. mad, but it, it, the con- the conjugator is just a little bit monotonous at this point. Yeah, I feel that. Um, For my cons, I mean, I honestly, I didn't, I don't think it's necessarily runtime that bothered me because when I look at an hour 50 minutes, that's pretty much par for the course. But I will say the pacing early on for sure because um, it's almost like a little too happy-go-lucky in the beginning. It's a little too nothing's really happening. We're getting all this backstory, getting caught up to date. They take a little bit of time doing it. I'll say that um, Irene having these these visions don't always make sense to me. Like her having this power doesn't always make sense because it's not it's not a constant. It's not a consistent thing. It's just kind of like touch and go. Her dreaming about Maurice honestly had me a little confused at first because I was like, wait, are they in the same building? Like, does she work? Is is she a nun at this school that Maurice works at? Like, I was a little bit lost in that because I was like, okay, why is she dreaming about Maurice where he's at if she's not in that same building? Um, But then I was like, I guess it's just a vision. Um, I do feel like this movie takes, you know, what I was saying earlier about how I like how the blood or the wine was all there and it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like they take a shortcut. It was very organic how they ended up there. This movie definitely does take some shortcuts though. In some areas, it's like a little, things were happening a little bit too conveniently at times. Um, particularly with the, uh, Oh, it's gotta be the eyes. That's what it is. You got to find this artifact, the eyes. I happen to know where they are. And it's just like, uh, Come on, a little bit more guessing would have been, you know, when when movies start leaping to conclusions and don't tear a single ACL, I get a little bit confused. I guess a lot of jumping for the knees to stay, uh, hold up so well. Um, and then, you know, her being the descendant of which sister, which nun was it, that, or which saint was it, Saint Helen or something, the, the oh, saint of vision or whatever it was. Again, I'm not Catholic either, no offense. I apologize for my ignorance on the matter to our Catholic listeners, but that was another one of those shortcuts too. It's like, okay, I get why she didn't burn up and why she's got this power because she's a descendant of this, this saint. But that seemed a little convenient for me. It's like, ah, come on. That's, that's a little bit of a shortcut. Definitely some, some convenience going on. And is it a ter- Is it a terrible thing? No, but as a viewer, yeah, I mean, it just, it's just... Nah, it's admittedly it was, a bit of a nitpick. I'm not saying yeah. it killed the movie for me at all because I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. So, take that for what it is. All right, well, we're at uh, almost 18 minutes. I feel like that's a pretty good instant reaction time. Any more final thoughts, Dustin? 
No, I mean, I basically wanted to come on here and if someone listens to this before going to see it, my hope is if one person is like, ah, I didn't like the first nine, so I'm not going to see it. If I can convince you to go see it, do that because we didn't like the first nine either. And here we are praising this movie. So that's basically why I wanted to do this reaction. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I echo that 100%. Go check it out. If you, have, if you have the means to go check it out, definitely worth a watch. I mean, if you want to wait till streaming or Blu-ray, yeah. I get that as well. Yep. Uh, but I think it's definitely worth to go. I actually had a good theater, too. I actually had a good audience. I didn't have a bunch of bunch of animals yelling and screaming the whole time, which is new because I usually don't have that audience. I was the only one in my theater. The only Jealous. one. So I usually Jealous. go... When I go see movies, I go after I get off work, which is at four o'clock during the week. I just go take a five minute drive to the theater and I'll pop in to see whatever's playing. And so uh, usually there's one to two other people in there. The only one. The only one. It was beautiful. When I went and saw Nefarious, I was the only person there. That was kind of cool. But whenever Scream, uh, Scream 5 came out, dude, I went and saw that at like one thirty. I was like, I just know there's not going to be nobody in here. <laughs> Had the whole theater to myself until two people showed up and they sat one seat away from me. Uh, see, that's <laughs> one like, thing. I, the whole audience. <laughs> I go to Regal theaters and uh, or Regal cinemas, and that's one thing that I really like about Regal now is I guess it's been since COVID. They may have started doing it before then, but since COVID, when you get your ticket, you have to select a seat. So I can always see where everyone else is sitting. I'm not sitting next to anyone. Give me some space. Oh, there was nobody there. They just chose to sit by me, I guess. They just wanted some company. But anywho, I'll stop bitching about the movie theater. I could do that for another <laughs> 20 minutes. Uh, just be respectful. Jesus Christ. I mean, who wants to spend 20 bucks on a ticket and then go talk the whole time? It's just and annoying. I'll add to that. If you have a baby and can't find a sitter, guess what? You don't get to go to the movies. Don't be an asshole. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Lord. Have my crying baby. Good. Crying ba- there was crying kids <laughs> when I went to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I understand that that may be a children's movie. But it's also for people like me in my mid-30s who grew up watching Ninja Turtles. Don't bring your <laughs> snotty-nosed little brat in there and ruin my experience. Go ahead. Amen, brother. <laughs> Anywho, uh, really enjoy this instant reaction. I think it's a good movie. Definitely go check it out. I'm looking forward to reviewing a couple more of these Conjuring Universe movies on here. We definitely need to do Annabelle Creation. That's a really good one. Uh, I don't know if we should, but we... When this Blu-ray comes out, I might I might skip the first one and just pick this one. To be honest with you, <laughs> I wouldn't do you be really mad at need the timing I mean, there. Do you really need to go in chronological order? Well, and that's I'm glad you said that. Cause, you know, my CTE brain. Another thing that I was going to say is I told a coworker this: if you go in to see the Nun Two and hadn't seen the first one, you can still enjoy this movie. There are obvious callbacks and, and ties throughout the whole Conjuring universe. But you can watch this as a standalone and, and enjoy it just fine. They do a good enough job of establishing a story and a plot without having to know the moving parts. So there's that. So I agree. Pick this one before the nun. Don't make me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Really appreciate it. Go check out the nun too if you get the chance. Uh, and we appreciate all your listening. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot of good stuff coming forward. Y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. Uh-